filled with mediocre podcasts. One network comes together to show the world what it can do. The Giant Size Team-Up Network. These people from around the world band together to bring light to a dark world of oversaturation. Leaders breaking the panel. Fight for truth, justice, and the American way by never giving in to the opinions of others. They don't even know how. Pokemon Go Podcast. Three men challenge the children of the world in a duel to the death to see who can enslave an entire species first. (laughs) The Blazing Defender Report. He puts out blazing infernos by day, but spits hot comic book takes by night. Armed with Funko Pop characters, Black Rifle Coffee, and more muscles than the rest of the network combined. Toy Power. These dangerous dingoes from the down under are here to ease your toy purchasing quandaries. Nothing will stop them from helping you find what you're looking for. Botched, a D&D podcast. This drunken five-man wrecking crew is here to desensitize you and steal your hearts with potty humor, witty banter, and ponderous blows to your earlobes. Lastly, their newest member, Geek Versus. These titans of nerdonomic discussion will shake the very foundation of pop culture nerd discussions. Will this self-proclaimed name-dropping rock god of podcasting lead the network to tower above the rest? Or will breaking the panel's massive ego drag them all to podcast infamy? The story continues in March of 2018. Head to GiantSizeTeamUp.com to see if your local theater has the balls to show it. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, the Giant Size Team Up presents Ready Player One, or as I heard people ordering tickets in front of me, that uh, that virtual reality thing, movie, I don't know, that one, that, yeah, that movie, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, to my, is it my video left or my visual right, I don't understand, Philip Keating, stuck Hi. in the middle, I'm sorry, <laughs> Who is the, the Pac-Man of our panel? We've, What's that mean? You like you know what that means. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. <laughs> I'm constantly eating pills and chasing the ghost of my past? Okay. Oh, that's actually a much better reference than what I had, so I'll go with that one. Down south, like he should be. It is a Rooster Cogburn, Paul Klotz. What the f- <laughs> Okay. Right. Hi. Rooster Cogburn is John Wayne. I'm thinking of... Uh, Foghorn, yeah, I, Leghorn. That's who I was thinking of. This is how we do these intros. Jesus yeah. Christ. You have to, never mind, that might spoil part of the movie. I don't say yeah. And the blast from the past, the man who's known me long before I am the legend that I am today, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely sorry for that, Brad. Um. <laughs> Uh, you're a legend. You sir <laughs> wound me. You, Listen, sir, you wound me. He is well known in some circles. He knows people in podcasting. He is. I know people in real life. If if only because they're like, who's that guy Fieri looking motherfucker that just walked by? Like, hey man, don't steal my joke. <laughs> I didn't know that that was your joke. That's how I introduced myself. Oh, I'm friends with Charles. You know that Guy Fieri motherfucker of podcasting? (laughs) 
Uh, Wide Rock Guy Podcasting. We've got some numbers to talk about with Ready Player One. Of course, if this is your first show, we're going to do a non-spoiler review, talk about the overview, what we like, talk about the numbers a little bit, then take a break, and we're going to talk about the spoiler review. Now, this is actually the first time on a panel that we are reviewing a fandom geek hero slash movie that was based on a book. So I'm sure there's going to be some of you book nerds who are going to talk about that too, and that'd be cool. But starting with the numbers... Ready Player One, as of yesterday, $64 million domestic and $127 million foreign, making it $191 million worldwide. It's not too shabby. Not too shabby. I mean, they still have to compete with Black Panther week, what, six? Five, six? And the same day I went to the showing, shut up, it's too late. You missed your window. It's like 10. No, no it's, it's been not. out for like two. It came out in February. It's April. That's not 10. I can do some math. It came out at the end of February. This is literally the first week of April. Can you do some math, though, Charles? Demonstrate it. Two. I can count the two. That's what I can do. So, uh, what is this rank over the weekend? It was all right, apparently. (laughs) It it didn't hit number one in the, the movie. The same day I went to the showing to see this, which was... Saturday afternoon, I took my son to go see it. Uh, Black Panther was still showing, and it was sold out. I heard some people trying to order Black Panther tickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's so amazing. They were like, "I'd like two Black Panther tickets." I'm sorry, we don't have any for this showing. I was like, "Wow, that's that is pretty amazing." So, uh, we'll go around the circus. What we like to do, Brad's, we'll start off, and we'll give you some. We'll, we'll let some else go first. We talk about the experience, your your theater experience, uh, Klotz. You did you go Friday night, Thursday night? Uh, we went. Fro- we went Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, we went Thursday night. Um, decently filled theater, not packed, but but full. Um, we had a pretty good experience. Uh, the crowd was decent. Um, no, like fist pumping or anything like that, like you can expect from a Star Wars movie. But uh. There was one dude in the back who laughed at like a couple punchlines really loudly, and I was like, "You, you do you, man." Like you, you do. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's um, we we saw it in a normal theater in 3D, so you know, like a little bit upscale, but not top, you know, top shelf. How was the 3D? Um, 3D was fine. I didn't really notice it. Like, I don't really, I don't think the film was particularly optimized for it. Um, I've seen some people discussing it in IMAX and saying it was insane. Um, as a matter of fact, I was catching a chuck, uh, words. I was checking out some of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes earlier today, um, to see what some of the negative ones were. And one of them talked about how, like, they were just so visually overwhelmed watching it on IMAX. And I was like, well, I mean, that's kind of what you sign up for with a mostly digital movie. Yeah. I mean, when you're cranking your neck back the whole time to, to see the IMAX, yeah, it's, that's a lot, but of, yeah, because animation is built for IMAX and and oh, yeah. 3D, and this is I know it's motion capture, but it's still animation uh-huh. to a point. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, they I mean what a good eighty to ninety percent of the entire film is yeah. all computer generated. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but we we had a good time. Um, overall, initial impression: I didn't read the book going in, um, but I had heard a few things. Uh, my roommate Sean was with me. He did read the book he's been really excited for this for a long time and so we both kind of got different sides of the same coin going in we were both excited to see it 
we dug it and uh, i'll talk about that more once we get everybody else's experiences cool brad did you read the book because i remember so brad reached out to me and uh, we keep in touch i know you listen to some of the shows that we do on giant size team up network and, i'm sorry and you <laughs> don't make him spit milk out his nose that'd be that's <laughs> a great visual for our, our patreon recording He's, giving, he's trying so hard not to spray all over. <laughs> Mind you of a birthday party at some point, sir. Uh, <laughs> so that whimpering is still... That was incredible. you, not me, thank you. <laughs> it is at your house. It is still your dad's fault. I, I blame your dad. So, um, but Brad reached out and said, hey, are you guys doing a panel for uh, Ready Player One? And I was like, yeah, we're doing it on Wednesday night. So you want in? And he's like, yeah. So, and this is before we'd seen, before it come out. So I'm assuming you either are super excited about the movie or you've read the book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm one of the book nerds you were talking about. Nerds. Yeah. All right. And Phil, <laughs> you are the book nerd too on this one, right? I am. Um, I've read it twice and I've listened to the audiobook twice as well. Um, I binged it. What Friday and Saturday. So that I'd be ready to to see it Monday. So I thought you said benched instead of benched. Like what? You put the book on a bar and just like, yeah, Ready Player Wood. I'm Travis Jones. Well, it's not that heavy of a book. So <laughs> hashtag not that big. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Brad, since you are the honored guest here, uh, what was what was your theater going experience? We'll get into the book versus the the film here in a minute. Well, um, theater going experience. I mean, the, um, we went we went to go see it on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Um, actually Easter Sunday. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, um, anyway, um, theater was not packed at all. Um, yeah, I got to imagine it's pretty yeah. empty on Easter yeah. Sunday afternoon. That's the reason we went, uh, we saw it in a, just a normal theater and IMAX. I mean, in uh, 3d, um, I mean, just actually, well, I'm trying my best not to, get, I don't, I'm trying not to get into any spoilers, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, um, I have some things I want to say, but no, it, it was, it had a good experience. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't packed on Easter considering this whole movie is about searching for Easter eggs. Nah, look at you. Uh-huh. All right. You see know, you later. I pointed, I pointed out the, <laughs> oh, uh, I did point out the irony of that after we saw the movie, um, because the person I went with never read the book. So I pointed that out after watching the movie. So I yes. saw, uh, I'm sure it's a clickbait headline. I saw a headline mm-hmm. come across in one of the feeds somewhere. It was like the movie go, the movie makers put in Easter eggs. That even the book writers couldn't find or something like that. And I was like, okay. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, that's the thing about Easter eggs. So uh, I never look for Easter eggs in the theater. I wait till the Blu-ray comes out. The only time I looked for the Easter eggs was I think age of Ultron. It might've been where Marvel put out, a checklist of like 10 moments to look for in the film. I'm like, oh, that's fun. You know, and I read the checklist and I caught, you know, that's funny. Them. Cause the moment you said that, I was like, that is the opposite of fun to me. Yep. Yeah. Same. <laughs> See, I, I thought it was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I would, stuff, I so. wouldn't mind doing it the second time through. Well, yeah. I mean, mean, it was just out there for, if you wanted it or not, but at that sure. point I was only going once instead of the three or four times I can go now. Uh, Phil, you didn't, you drive into the city. I went down to Gettysburg. Um, me and the wife went on Monday afternoon at a 12 o'clock show. Um, it wasn't crowded, but what I did notice is uh, there was a lot of young kids with their fathers at this movie. Um, I think me and Suzanne were the only couple 
and a lot of the the fathers were bringing their young kids to to experience it so it was it was nice to see you know that generational continuation of you know showing your son this nerd culture vomit movie um but I <laughs> what a what a recommendation. Yeah. Well, that's I a mean, that's a sound snippet. Here's to... here's the thing. Last week I went hard on on <clears throat> Steven Spielberg and how I am not happy with the last 20 years of his career. Man, that should have been I wish you had said that phrase last week cuz the title would have been getting hard on Spielberg. But you never asked me. I would have told you that right away. That's yeah. <laughs> on you. It is on. Um, I I enjoyed the movie, but I I would like to know actually, <laughs> like you said, a lot of it was just computerized, and I want to see some behind the scenes of what he actually directed. I mean, there were parts of the film um, that were very Spielberg esque in a very nineteen eighties you know prime time Spielberg, but. Like I said, I need to see a little bit more behind the scenes on how much he was actually directing, voice acting, and and all that razzmatazz. Well, you know, now that you mentioned that, one thing that stood out to me is I don't, I feel like the animation was done so well that I was I never hit that uncanny valley. You oh yeah, like, yeah. Everything yep. was very clearly meant to be, you know, video game esque graphics, and so. It's, it was a lot easier for me to believe that these are real people in digital avatars than it would if they tried to make them look too real kind of thing. Um, and like, I found that it was really quick and easy to just get immersed into the way the world works. You know what I mean? As, as somebody who kind of knew what was going on with it, but hadn't read it just walking in, I was like, Hey, all right, cool. It's virtual reality. You know, everybody's using it for escapism. Great. Yeah. I'm there. Like I a hundred percent get that. And who caught it, who caught these Jago of Paul actually showing up in the film? Uh, what did you say? <laughs> who caught these Jago of Paul showing up in the film? No. Uh-uh. So uh, I, I'm horrible with character names, but the the bounty hunter with the big skull chest. I rock. That's I it. Rock. It's the yep. second it was here on his face. I went, that's Paul. I mean, that is Paul right here. That is Paul. He done me wrong, man. You've yeah. done me what? so wrong. You, he he looked. Uh, it looks like you look right now, as with the frustration and everything on his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I meant it in a good way. I'm not not bushing your balls, man. How, thought, how oh, great yeah. was T.J. Miller with that role too? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Like his, just like oh man, like that grizzled video game veteran sound. Like, dude, I've I've done all of this. I've seen all of this. None of nothing matters to me. But don't don't you dare do anything that risks everything that I've accumulated over. Well, yeah, but he plays that in every goddamn role he does. Uh, to he, an extent, even in sure. Deadpool, he was he was the same way. It was and, just uh, like, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and even even on, um, I got you, Klaus. I mean, it had that good feel. I mean, he was perfect because he does that. I mean, it was perfect for that character. It's just he played that dude that's been around for a while and just isn't phased by it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, speaking of actors, how great was Ben Mendelsohn, man? The the villain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He is he is 
a villain. I mean, he's he's going to be a villain forever. I know. He, wasn't he? Was not, like, was he in uh, Force Awakens? He was the villain, right? No, no. Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One. Thank Rogue you. One. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he's just. He will never be the hero. He, he's perfect villain. Well, he's got that 1980s douchebag corporate dude face. Oh, like, yeah. it's so punchable. So <laughs> he'll always play, you know, that swarmy, cocky douchebag. Yeah. Well, I, I've been a fan of his for a while. Um, he was great on Bloodline. He was great in Rogue One. Uh, he was great. Like, I'm, I'm getting to the point where he's now one of my favorite actors to watch just chew up scenery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do his thing. Um, it, it's great. He was slick. It, it, he really did like that character. He just embodied that corporate douche that you wanted to pummel to death. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he's the boss man. He'll mm-hmm. definitely play into my my uh, impressions of it later. I won't get to that. But my theater going experience was was completely different than anything I've had before. Uh, so it was it's my son's birthday this weekend, and. He really wanted to see Ready Player One, so I said, okay. He, he went with me that morning. We did a uh, there's a big test at the EMS school that I work at, and he was one of the patients uh, for the people to, to simulate, you know, saving essentially. Because we were going to leave right from there and go to the very nice theater that I think I told you guys about up towards Atlanta. That uh, is a huge theater of recliners. I think oh, I took my daughter to see uh, the Last Jedi there, and so I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take you to the nice theater. It's got uh, reclining seats and everything else. And I picked the time. I didn't look at the different things. I mean, I avoided the 3D stuff because uh, I wasn't sure about it. And, and the, it's expensive to do 3D. So I was like, eh, we'll go to the regular one. But I'm just looking at times. And it said, Dolby, surround sound, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. You know, I don't care about 345. And we got there at 330 and we're waiting in line. And we walk up and it's like, for a Saturday afternoon, it's expensive. Like, what is going on with these tickets? All right. I ended up, you know, handing over the money because it's his birthday. And we're going in. And so uh, there's this huge, like, poster board next to the one theater. Dolby. It's like the Dolby Experience. I'm like, all I know of Dolby is surround sound. And every theater has surround sound. So whatever. Well, they do uh, a preview ahead of time. We get into the seats, and we're hearing you know, Infinity War is one of the previews that they do. Um, I forget some of the other stuff that they did. I've pretty much seen them, seen the previews. But I'm noticing, like, the seats are rumbling in the previews. I'm like, what is this? And then they do that whole, well, here's what you get with the Dolby Experience. And it's this sharper, cleaner black. That I already noticed, like, wow, that's a that's a black screen, man. Uh, don't, don't, Phil. Damn it! I loved it. I loved the black screen. The black screen was my friend. I loved it. It was also because I'm not racist, assholes. Uh, so, but I was noticing how Chris and sure enough, they show and they show the how the sound goes around. Like, wow! My, both me and Oakland were just kind of giggling at wow. I mean, the, the sound was rumbling the seats the way it was doing. And they and okay. I got to interject. All I can imagine, my, my mind's eye is picturing <laughs> that classic commercial from back in the 90s or the 80s, whichever, with the guy sitting in the... Yeah, in, the, the Max L. Max L commercials. Yeah, yes. and just get blasted. And I just imagine, you know, you and your son just sitting alone <laughs> in a theater, like uh, fans <laughs> blowing. Every, just, <laughs> now, we uh, uh, this theater is probably a 500-some-odd seat theater. It's huge. And, wow. and we got assigned seatings. We picked some good ones. And it had the recliners. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is. It's just rumbling. You can't tell anybody's next to you. And so I got to watch this whole film 
with that, with all the big scenes being big and the, the visuals being crisp and it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. All the people laughed at the same moments. Um, and that's what I loved about it. Even if this, even if this theater had been stand in line to get into it, once you get in, cause it's all assigned seating. So you don't have to fight for anything. You're not going to get pushed down front as long as you got your seats ahead of time or whatever. Um, uh, and the way they space out the seats is really big recliners. So you and the person you're with are together, right? You don't bump each other, but you're obviously together. And they put a whole other set of seats beside it. So there's tons of space in between and, and to get around. So it was it was awesome. It was, it for me, was the way to experience. It was 2D, which I was great with. But that Dolby Surround experience, if you get the experience at a theater i recommend it it's a little bit it's not as pricey as 3d but it's definitely pricier than a regular Adobe, are you experienced experience <laughs> yeah I, I was i was i wasn't really <laughs> violated I, I invited it so i was i was good with the Dolby experience there feels <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 very upset right it now is. every day i want to leave this show it's too late to quit the network. No, I know. So <laughs> now you can't leave. We have uh, we have stocked up your one ups, Mario. You cannot. Yeah, that. no. Uh, yeah, I did not have an experience like that. It was just a pretty much normal theater thing. So that's that's crazy. So how did it? How was it during the film? That that rumbly bumbly stuff. Oh, it was great. I mean, uh, we'll get into some of the bigger moments. Uh, maybe maybe we'll wait till the spoiler scenes. But anything that was. Uh, a big moment was great. Um, the big battle scene at the end, you're you're hearing the shots from both sides, and the the, the audio is moving around you. Oh, it, it that's was really, awesome! Really cool. It was. It was. I per, honestly, at this point, I prefer that to 3D, and I'd like to see. I don't think they mix it. I think you can only do. The, and at least in this theater I went to, you can only do Dolby, or you can do the 3D. It, they don't mix the two because I'd be curious as how that'd work if they mix the two. But uh, I I found the audio being for lack of better words, 3D that, that instead of the visuals was much better experience for me. So I, I, it was great. It was, it, it is, I'm hooked. I was like, this is, I want to see, and I, I mean, I want to see infinity war right here. I want to see it right here at this theater for freaking. And then now I know New York, this doesn't compare, but normally on Saturday afternoon, it's like five to $6 to go see a film. I paid $10 a ticket on Saturday afternoon. So that was a lot for us. That's about normal. Yeah, for, I know it's about normal. So for for you, it'd probably be about a what was three? How much was three D for your viewing? Oh, more than that. It was probably like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, so it, this it would probably be on par with 3D. that. Yeah, I mean, it, the the prices don't always co- correlate because like three D here is also twelve to fifteen dollars uh, to get into three D, but the two D is way cheaper than other places in the U.S. Um, so, Brad, what was your your cost on going in? Well, we we drove the thirty minutes up north to go to the six dollar and fifty cent three D viewing. <laughs> wow, that is With, cheap well, for three D. Yeah, it is. Well, they and they've still got the reclining seats and the and the tray tables and everything. But yeah, six dollars nice. and fifty cent for three D. Nice. Yep. And, and Phil, As opposed to normal fifteen dollar three D prices down right. there. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk, uh, if we can do it non-spoiler, we can talk some uh, book versus movie, guys. Well, then we can't be non-spoiler. Yeah. I don't think. yeah. You're going to well, spoil I'll, the crap out of things. Before we get to the break, well, let's give our, <coughs> excuse me, let's give our overall views of the film. 
Seven out of ten, I hated it. <laughs> you gotta, I, you just gotta I, I, suck kidding. it up, Paul. That's just Dennis. He gets, he can like trash it and still give it an eleven out of ten. You got me, Dennis. <laughs> uh, Phil asked me ahead of time, "Hey, did you see us?" Like, yeah. And he's like, "What's your impression of it?" And I, I told him, "It was, it, it was a great, fun ride. At no point did I stop having fun. I enjoyed." All of it, it flowed. It kept me engaged the whole time, and it, and it. I'll probably say this again at the end. It it reminded me of my childhood watching stuff like Fly the Navigator and, and some other fantastical movies where the, there's a younger hero in it and being inspired. You know, oh, you know, I I, I want to be that guy. And my son, who's thir- just turned 13, he's sitting there watching it now. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff at his age I was watching that made me want to do what I do now. And it just had that, in a great way, it had that 80s feel to it of my did childhood. You, did you find it challenging to connect with the films of your youth being that they were silent films? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I say that as we're only a few years apart. I but, know. You know. Uh, and but uh, the Ben Mendelsohn or Meineke or no, 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 was. you you had it, Dude, you got yeah, it. Okay, Mendelsohn. Yep. He, you know, I look at him and I instantly think, even though obviously he probably didn't look anything like bad guys in, in RoboCop. I think RoboCop. You're like the bad guy in RoboCop. You're like the bad guy in this other film I liked, and you're, you're a great '80s bad guy. And it just he played into that nostalgia for me, even though a lot of it was. I never read the book, but I know it was 80s nostalgia throughout. And obviously, you get a lot of that watching you know, the Atari references and, and whatnot. And, then, oh, when we get spoilers, I got one of my favorites. We'll get to there. But well, uh, it was great. So, so Paul, go ahead. Well, no. I mean, that's one of the interesting things we can talk about without getting into spoilers is that the film adaptation kind of updated a lot of things. So, it, it wasn't wall-to-wall 80s spoiler or uh, 80s references but there as was still a it, lot there. Oh yeah, no, it, and yeah. it's the the you know the throwbacks going all the way back to the late seventies for sure is all there. You know what I mean? But it's also sprinkled in with stuff that's much more contemporary, which I think was a necessary step to allow yeah. you know the modern young audience right now to connect with this film. And maybe it's, yeah. it's, well, in in that opening scene, um, like I said before, my my theater was about dads and ten and down. So like that opening scene when they go into the oasis and you see that first planet, which mm. spoilers is a Minecraft planet. Oh yeah, all, yeah. all the kids just yeah. they lost their collective shit. So did my son. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know if if you want to make money, you have to connect to so many different audiences, and I feel like this movie did it perfectly. Yeah, I mean it. it it's, mm-hmm. This is if any movie is going to do it, this movie is going to do it because it had the the canvas to paint across generations. So it was it was man, it was just a joyride. It just I loved every second of it. Uh, Brad, what was your your take on it? Your review? Um, I actually went into the movie expecting to hate it. Um, I rarely enjoy um, <coughs> movies based on books that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what you guys said last week, I haven't seen a good Spielberg movie since Jurassic Park. Oh, um, come on. Come on. <laughs> Private Ryan came out after Jurassic Park. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've still yet to see that movie. All right. I've How never seen we, that. 
Let's so, kick him. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But, you can't kick yeah. him. You probably own it and have it sealed, not <laughs> watched in your house, Phil. <laughs> um, but no, um, I expected uh, going in, expected to hate it. Um, I found it. I enjoyed it. I'll say that I enjoyed it. It wasn't. It was different from the book, which is a good thing. And it it felt more like a theme park ride, unlike the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think Paul that's said exactly that what point. it felt like. It felt it felt like a theme park ride. It it was a your typical. You're right. I I had the 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 80s nostalgia flashbacks, and I, and um, it it felt like an 80s movie, but yet it 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 had the it was modernized. It was fast paced, yeah. fast moving. It never it never had that moment to me where it where it slowed down. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know it, if it's a licensing thing or what, but I kept looking. You know, certain things were triggering my my childhood uh-huh. nostalgia. I actually thought about those days. You and I used to play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Brawler games on uh-huh. the SNES, and yeah, and I kept looking for some kind of Ninja Turtle in the background. What the fuck are you laughing at, Claude? I look at you with the cartridges, the Nintendo cartridges. Yeah, I'm laughing at Phil having the cart that you just summoned forth. Oh, from that's, the that's funny. <laughs> Definitely uh, not laughing at anything else. Uh-huh, asshole. Uh, so, but I, I never did see any Ninja Turtles in the background. There was. Was there? Was yes, there? there was. Awesome. We'll have to talk I'm about Most that. definitely, I thought I saw some. Um, but... The cool thing is, you know, um, these these younger kids that are going into this and they really enjoy this movie, then have the opportunity to actually go to the book and have a more expansive experience and, you know, a little bit different storyline. And I'm kind of happy that they didn't follow the book completely because you can't fit that in a two hour and 28 minute movie. It's impossible. Would would a two-parter been good for you guys well that that's the thing and and me and suzanne were talking about that um but it's hard this was a big movie but it was also a bigger risk to make this movie so you have you have like the films like the hobbit that the hobbit got split up into three books or three movies for one book but they also had the coattails of lord of the rings behind them so they could ride and do whatever they wanted with this i mean it was such a a pain in the ass movie to make to start out with mm-hmm. that I, yeah, two parters would have been good, but I don't see any network or at any studios actually picking it up. Cause it's just too risky. I also, not, not oh, just that. There, there, well, yeah, there are moments in the book that would be boring to watch on screen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. They're fun to read, and 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 you get you get what's going on, and you're um as you're reading it, it's fun, but would just be completely boring to watch on screen. You mean you don't want to watch Parzival sit in class and Ludus for 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 forty minutes? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Even Harry Potter kept the classroom time to like five minutes on screen. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna point back, uh, Phil. You mentioned the Hobbit film getting film or book getting split into three films. I think that taught us a pretty vital lesson that maybe we shouldn't try to stretch things beyond reasonable limits. It's it's almost always better to trim down and condense than it is to try to expand out, especially when you're going off a book, Um, because Lord of the Rings, despite 
there was a little bit of criticism about some of the things that were cut, but overall it's still widely regarded as a trilogy of really tight films that tells the whole story and leaves so little out that it's not, you know what I mean? It's not really consequential. So yeah, no, I think it was good to shoot for a single film. It was ambitious. I will say that. Um, I agree with that after, especially after seeing it. Um, I mean, in a way it's kind of risky because of the, the content itself, you know, the central themes, we can talk about that more in spoilers, but um, it kind of, we're not too many steps away from facing a kind of situation that they're, they face in the film, in the story, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Hollywood is inevitably going to be part of that somehow, you know what I mean? They're going to be part of a digital future that involves all entertainment all the time. So so, just some thoughts. Yeah. That that was cool. and it's interesting because this is a very much an Iron Man thing for me. Whereas I, as soon as I heard Iron Man was coming out, was it 10, 11 years ago now? I was like, oh, but you know, it's going to be amazing. It's Marvel, and and of course, it, it went gangbusters. Then a couple years later, you see the documentary where it's a huge risk. I'm like, what? It was a huge risk, and and then you hear the business behind it. And hearing you guys say that, I can more readily get my mind around it than then. But, you know, seeing it, to me, this was an obvious film to make. It was gaming, which is huge right now, especially with Twitch and YouTube, even though YouTube is, is losing ground now. But YouTube and Twitch and even Facebook trying to get on the game of gamers streaming, that's become a huge thing now. Uh, gaming is a lot more mainstream. You already had the books. Who, you didn't, it wrote itself, right? The screenplay essentially wrote itself. You had to do some adaptation. And animation is kind of a huge thing right now with, with a ton, a lot more animated films coming out this year. And, and this, this whole blend of computer graphics meets the you know, real world as a consumer. I went, this is, this is obvious to come out now, but you're hearing what you guys saying. I get, I get that it was a risk, even though I think like most audience goers, we never would have thought it was a risk. We was like, this looks like fun. And, and the budget was not on box office mojo. Um, oh, so. I have the budget. Do you? What's the budget? Mean, yeah. Uh, the budget was 175 million. So they just about got that back. Well, yes, but marketing was more than that. I think marketing was about 100, uh, a little bit less, 150 million. That's the crazy part about film budgets now is the marketing budget is often as much as, if not more than the production budget. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So by next weekend they'll break even, and then they'll probably make some money. Well, they need to do four 440 million to break even. A lot of that marketing uh, cost gets pushed off to the to the long part yeah. of the tail, you know what I mean, to the tail end, uh, to picking it up on the residuals from yeah. streaming and and this Blu-ray will and all that this picture. will be streamed. This will be oh yeah, no, this, this, this will be is, a big thing. Is, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but yeah, no, this is a risky kind of project. This is the kind of thing that could have blown up in their face. Like this could have not done well at all, and it, it still could not do insanely well i mean it's it's doing well enough it will be a success in the long run but it's not pulling black panther numbers and i'm not saying that as a, a knock it's that just, thing's pulling black panther numbers right <laughs> like black panther is just like oh by the way all your expectations be gone you know what i mean so it, it's uh it's a crazy world that we live in right now like the what will resonate and what will continue to produce you can't always predict it i mean pacific rim is dead in the water right now you know we did a yeah charles and i did a mini review for patreon uh last week and honestly like that film is not doing very well it wasn't reviewed very well not a lot of people are going to see it it's going to make its money back i'm sure but it's 
I don't think there'll ever be a third one as an example. And, and that seems like such an obvious, like, Oh, big giant robots, established names, established franchise, like that can't lose. And yet it loses big. You know what I mean? Well, you never know because transformers keeps getting greenlit. So yeah, those are great movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> they, they make their money. They're amazing. They're beautiful. You do not... realize he's talking about the live action Transformers and not the cartoon, right, Charles? Oh, Charles is a huge. <laughs> I know he is. I know he is. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, you realize this is April fourth that we're recording this, not the first. Okay. So no jokes, Charles. <laughs> Charles talking tells jokes. Mm. Hey, you guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> But I mean, even Spielberg came out and said that this was the third hardest movie he's ever made. So you got to chalk number one up to Jaws because that, you know, was almost not a movie. And then this was number three. So what was number two? Number two. They they don't say um, in my mind, I was going to say AI because you're taking over Kubrick's. Well, I also know that production was kind of rough, too. Yeah, it was a that was a troubled film from what I understand. So yeah, interesting. So shall we transition? Take a little break and then get into it. Now I do believe for this break, we have a very special piece of audio that I did not get queued up to play live, but uh, I believe that we have a special patron audio that will come in on this break and we'll be back in just a moment. New from GSTU Interactive. An immersive experience like no other. Breaking the panel has many different levels for you to play. Live chat rooms where you can get tips and tricks. Exclusive roundtable discussions of your favorite movies and television shows. Behind the scene uncut videos of each episode. All those can be achieved over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. Where the excitement never ends. Now available in Atari 2600 VCS in television video game systems. Now you're Patreoning with power. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that. That is awesome. It's great. Uh, this is the spoiler filled section. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't wish to be spoiled, get out. Because we're going to be talking full, full frame, willy nilly right now. So uh, I will say. And it's it's definitely possible that I missed a bajillion Easter eggs. So I wasn't I was just absorbing the film. I caught some great stuff. I'll talk about my favorite Easter egg that I did catch uh, later on. But when they said Planet Doom, now I know in Doom it's not called Planet Doom, but I hear the name Doom, Nostalgia Gaming. I'm looking for the Praetorian suit. I didn't see it anywhere. <laughs> I don't I, know if it's in there. I don't I don't know either. But I was very disappointed that I didn't get a demon. I didn't get a Praetorius. I didn't even get a BFG 9000, motherfuckers. You know, it's so. Uh, and if, I, if you put it in, in there, I'm going to hunt it because I'd love to see that in the background somewhere. Uh, well, let's kick it off. Uh, well, how awesome would it have been, guys, Fallout fans, for for him to start talking about you know, the stacks before that as, the, as the, it fades up to the opening of the movie? War. War never, War never changes. changes. I grew up in Ohio, Akron, Ohio, whatever. You know, then goes into his speech. That'd have been boss. Uh, I think that at the beginning of every movie I watch, <laughs> that has anything to do with war. Uh, Little Mermaid's really weird for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mulan. 
Um, <laughs> under the sea, war never changes. Ah, <laughs> uh, so book guys, I've heard the guys who've re- people who've read the books. It's male, female, whatever. But here we got two guys who've read the books that the stacks were perfect. Absolutely, fucking mind blowing. And and when they first zoom into the stacks. You know, it, this whole movie, me and my wife were just like punching each other's arms. Like, oh my God, you see that? You see that? But like, she grabbed my hand and was just like, oh, those are the stacks. That's that's exactly how I imagined it. This is this is beautiful. All right, I'm in. That's all it took. Like, she was nice. like, let's go on a fucking ride, man. This is exactly how I imagined it. So, whew, it was good, man. It was it was beautiful. It was, it was yep. from opening scene. Uh, and Ryan will jump on you. Or no, I'm not going to jump on you here. I will throw it to you here in a minute. Uh, but oh. that, that from opening scene to closing credits, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Uh, those they're my damn. Nobody knows me. Weird like he knows me. <laughs> that may not be true. I've lived my life fairly fairly on the web for the last 12 years, but. Uh, I don't know that there's any story you could tell that would surprise anybody here. Probably uh, not. But uh, <laughs> I mean, our big one of our biggest stories is I, I threw up pizza at four in the morning at his birthday house mm-hmm. and across the room. Like, I didn't quite make it to the sink type of deal. That's it. So, uh, um, I have a question about uh-huh. that. You were sitting right next to the bathroom. Why did you run to the kitchen? <laughs> it was four in the morning. I don't know. We were fourteen, dude. <laughs> Fucking find out. Nobody cares about that shit on this show. So, but talking about Zoot coming in on the stacks, and I mean, from that moment to the closing credits, I was blown away. Uh, Where, where, what was your favorite part, Brad? With the that they okay, let me rephrase. What was the part that in the book they other than the stacks that they translated perfectly in the film for you? Did they translate it perfectly? Yeah. Other than the stacks. Um, honestly, no, fucking lie to me, man. No, no. Okay. I'll lie to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The stacks, the stacks is, you know, the beginning of the movie, the stacks is really where it got me. That's where it felt the most like the book to me. Um, maybe the, the end, um, with the, um, with him turning into Mecha Godzilla, that, that, you know, that whole battle, that, that was cool. That actually was in the book. Nice. Um, other than that, the movie to me, the movie was so so different from the book. Okay, that it, and that's what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so different from the book. But to me, what actually got me, what 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 I found that that actually hit the book perfectly was the stacks. Nice. Yeah. Had that been off? Had it been not what you expected? Whatever it ruined the whole movie? No. It wouldn't have ruined the entire movie, but that's that's what caught me. That's when I said, "Okay, I'm ready. Let's go for it." Um, yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that's two baseball two. season, boys. <laughs> but but that that's where that's where it got me. I guess you could say I had a nerg- nergasm at that point. Um. Nice. So yeah, yeah. Paul. Yeah. And then we went into Speed Racer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I didn't read the book. Um, so I mean, none you knew of... there's going to be pod racing in this, right? Uh, 
Now that's no, what you, I call okay. good oh. pod racing. So no, you know what the you know what the race reminded me of? It reminded me of Death Race. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. I like this. Like, cause I can I and I don't it, it's not like it was a direct reference, it was just an overall vibe. And I was like, no, I get it. I'm in I'm in on this. You know what I mean? This makes total sense. I actually wish there was a game out there like that. Like, I mean, they've done like they did the burnout series back in the day, but like, yeah, but that's why isn't that. there like a crazy racing, you know? And I'm not Mario Kart ain't it for me as far as that goes. Yeah, you know you're talking about like the environment tries to kill you. Yeah, everything. the environment yeah. tries to kill you. You yeah. know, you got your like some cars have rockets and this and that. Like, I that would be crazy. That'd be an amazing video game, anyways. Uh, if you're listening out there, someone who has the powers to make that happen, do it. Um, <laughs> I think like some of the for me some of the cultural references were really great, um, particularly. But like some of the callouts, like um, I mean, to mention the end with the Mecha Godzilla thing, when Daito finally stands up and stops like meditating while they're all getting their butts whooped, and what he when he calls out Gundam. Mm-hmm. And I know it was different in the book because I it was Ultraman in the book, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't, yeah. They couldn't get yeah. the rights Ultraman, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ultraman wouldn't have had the same resonance for a Western audience, anyways. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty fringe as far as things go. Mm-hmm. I know Ultraman, but like, yeah, yeah. I think uh, even but my Gundam, son knew Gundam. I think he recognized. Well, Gundam. that's the thing is yeah. Gundam, like, and the, that classic Gundam, that Gundam specifically, yeah. everybody knows that. Even yeah. if you didn't ever watch the show, it was around when anime broke out in the u.s so um that was really amazing and just to see him come down and start kicking some ass like that that was a great moment for me there are lots of little great like i I had an uh aha moment in the middle of the movie where i figured out one of the puzzles not that they were like you know very heavily veiled or anything but like i figured it out a few beats before you're really supposed to put it together and i was like Ah, out loud, and I was like (laughs) but that's the cool thing about the book because the, in the book, there's three keys and three gates. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when you're reading through, you know, I, for me personally, I would stop and actually think about the riddle that Holiday was given out, trying to figure it out before we progress in the book. And that, that was the fun part of, of reading the book, um, which I, we, I personally didn't really get that feeling like I did during, during reading, but um that was one of the things that I felt a little lackluster on, but well, I understand. Yeah. I understand why. Were you the know? puzzles still the yeah. same as the book? No, oh, no okay. not at all. No, not all at the all. puzzles. Oh, they um, changed the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they have. Um, but I, 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 everything that I dislike about this movie, um, I understand why they did it, mm-hmm. which has been different in other movies that I have had issues with you know i understand why they had to make these changes with a little here or there character names and and locations that i don't understand but that's fine i enjoyed i enjoyed the opening thing scene when they're talking about planet doom and zero i love the idea of zeroing out right you mm-hmm. lose all your gear all your stuff that's what made it important to be good at what you did because yeah, you can always respawn. You don't literally lose your life. You know, you can't. You always get to play. You just lose all the stuff you've earned. I'm like wow, that's that's a cool concept. And and but then they're they're as he's explaining it, and you're seeing this. Of course, Minecraft world. My son was like hitting me in the arm. Like oh look at that. Like shut up, kid. It's gonna get better from here. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, but yeah, the planet Doom and the the constant war to get 
money and and how they how they carried their thing. Like the little car was in a menu, you take it out, throw it, and it becomes you know the big car or, or the motorcycle or the gun or you know everything they did. The little menus they had visually is very cool. And yeah, is this the best video game movie ever made so far? Eh, I mean, second to Mario Brothers. you you motherfuckers laugh i love that movie and my boy tony loves it too so that's that's true that's true but uh for me yes i mean they they you're right currency just automatically goes into their banks yeah Uh they have the pull-up uh inventory screens which is brilliant the communication locate what's your face i mean yeah it felt like a like okay so i've spent most of my basically my teen life up through adult life online gaming mm-hmm. and that was the thing that was most genuine about this film is that it the interactions and the experience like watching watching their clan come together you know what i mean and it starts out like they're people that they played with you know that they I, and i know in the books it was a, in the book it was a bit different where um my understanding is that it wasn't so chummy as it was in the movie like they were they were people who knew each other. They were top competitors. And then in the end, they kind of come together. It, they were much, there was a lot more camaraderie going on in this film. Um, but that felt authentic to me. I was like, as an online gamer, somebody who's been playing like MMOs and stuff since, since the jump, that was a huge thing for me. Cause it was like, that is how it felt. Like when you meet people you click with online and the next thing you know, you're spending, you know, tens, dozens hundreds thousands of hours with those people over the subsequent months and years and everything playing the same game sometimes playing different games and that was represented in the fact that everything all these games are in one system you know in one world you know so and i love that it it actually made me really sad that that doesn't exist that there's not a great multi-game platform like that now was it my reading between the lines because sometimes my brain goes here the in-game currency is can be translated to real-world currency, right? I mean, it's kind of what I read between the lines of it makes sense. Like you see the Pizza Hut drones come in to deliver the pizza, mm-hmm. and they ordered that suit at one point after the first prize. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. yeah. so I because that's how it would work in the real yeah. world, right? If we if we yeah. build a world that people are just going to play in, the corporations are going to figure out how to use that digital currency. Right. So that the, uh-huh. well, yeah, I mean, the currency inside the oasis is one of the biggest and thriving um, economies in the world mm-hmm. because they didn't they didn't really, they didn't really show it that much. But in the in the book, the the earth is dying and 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 you can't really go outside for long because you're going to get jumped. You're going to get killed. And in this, it was a little bit too sunny and everybody was on the streets pretending to be in Halo. But what you do is you buy things in the in the game, and then they drop it off in real world. Right. And that's why you know later on in the book, um, when he is being searched for by IOI, he has to go under fake identities and purchase fake names through the Oasis and all this razzmatazz. Yeah, stuff that would and take I, it out of the kids' realm and more into cor- the adult correct. Realm. So, like, I, I yeah. get why they had to, yeah. you know, make it a little bit bright and sunny on the. Out, and 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 the oasis in the books isn't a game it's 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 a world it's yeah, a it's world life. It's, it's, life. it's life yeah. because yeah. it's That's a distraction 
It's a distraction yeah. of how shitty everything else is around you. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got that here, and I got that while some people were playing in the stacks, or he had a place away that nobody could find, that he was hidden away to do his thing. Uh, but no, I got that this was a life. It wasn't a game. I mean, the club, uh, just the way he talked about it starting out, you know, they were uh, gunters, you know, so, yeah. The one thing that I think the movie got pretty dead on with the book was the casting of Lena Waith as H. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. that, that that reveal, you know, he he's been friends with with h for oh you saw that coming though with the line like it could be a she could be a dude living in the basement oh yeah no you're a chick it's cool yeah no his name is chuck um yeah but but the casting i mean that that was dead on like that's exactly how i pictured her nice you know just yeah. you know this this oh man it was great and also holiday's bedroom at the end scene was perfect you know, the, he they had things in there that were were prevalent in the book and not talked about at all during the film. You know, you have your Rush posters. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. you have your Lady Hawk posters, which yeah. is a big a big thing of uh, contention in the book, and it never gets spoken about. And it's 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 awesome. And just a little knickknacks around around his his room was perfect. Nice, Paul. What was your favorite part? My favorite part. Oh, I, I honestly, I think it was the real life reveal of all the people in the clan. Like kind of like what Phil was just talking about. Like H was like, all right. Yep. Absolutely. I saw that coming. Uh, that actress is great. Like the perfect person to cast for that. Um, then getting to see uh, Daito and show show was hilarious. Oh my God. Was show like, the 11 year old was it Daito was 11. Daito was the older one. Okay, so show. It, show it, yeah. Like later on, when um, oh, I'm forgetting names. Uh, when the when the main female protagonist was like Artemis, let me hug, Artemis. Uh, Artemis, right? Artie was like, let me hug you, and he's like, no, then just don't hug. hug? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it was so great. I, um, I like well, the, along that same scene where he's looking at her, he's like, what? Oh, I should say, yeah, I'm 11. Shoot me first. Yeah, like I have to put that out there. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Because that's right. They would absolutely go after you first. And what was great about that is I loved their intro in the beginning. You know, when, when, you, when you first see H and then H looks through the sniper rifle yeah. and you get to see Daito and Sho fighting melee together at the top of the pyramid or whatever it was. That was great. Like, and then to see them, you know, oh, yeah, because you knew at least one of them had to be like something weird, like a kid or an old person or something. You know what I mean? Um, that's about the only thing that would have surprised me more is if like one of the members of the clan was like much older than everybody like Charles. else. Yeah. Like, like ancient, <laughs> um, like, like they're still on dial up. Um, like Charles, like Charles. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I just like, I don't know. The, the end was great, but that scene was really great. Um, I I don't have a favorite scene in particular. I just love the whole thing. For me, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was that theme park ride. I, that's what I signed up for. That I was yeah. like, I want to go be immersed in this digital world, and I want to get into the story and everything. And everything was great. Um, the villain was meaner than I expected him to be in the film. You know what I mean? But not quite to super 
you know, obviously they were keeping it in the realm where it's family friendly for the most part. Um, I love the way they approached like, like her conversation, Artie's conversation with him about like, no, this is like when he's like, I love you. And she's like, you don't love me. You love what I've let you see. I was like, that's so real. Uh, Like that's probably the realest moment in the entire film. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I think that that speaks not just to the digital landscape, but also to life in general. Like until you really know somebody, you got to, got to keep them feelings in check. Um, I had a dad moment. Let me jump in. I had a dad moment there. Because my son's at the age, he got his first Facebook page. He's been playing Fortnite and, and doing the chat and talking with people, you know, on, on the PlayStation. And, and I've been doing that whole internet safety thing with him and, and teaching things like, dude, you never know. You know, never give out your age, never give out your location, never give out your real name type of deal. Uh, because you just don't know. And then he's eating this movie up. And the, they did it twice. Uh, both around that one central theme of I'm in love with her. H is like... You don't even know, you know, that whole basement speech we yep. just talked about. And like, oh, great. You know, I'm not going to bump him, but I almost wanted to bump him. But then when he says it to Artemis and she gives that, then I was like, boy, you better listen to that shit because that's right. <laughs> you don't know me. Uh, it, it was, yeah, I had a dad moment on that one. Absolutely. So uh, what about that that shining scene, man? The whole that is okay. the best part of the movie. Actually, let me take that back. Yeah, there's, I actually oh. forgot that for a minute. Yeah, the shining, the whole like I just started laughing. Like I laughed out loud. I probably annoyed somebody when they're just <laughs> I was because I saw all the things coming. You know what I mean? Oh. And I know there were kids in that theater with me who had no idea what was coming. Yeah. No, Oakland had no idea. And I was just waiting like, that, that, that's the evil dad's like, oh, he's going to see a half-naked lady and then he's going to go, oh, shit. And that's exactly what he's gonna happened. going to have half-naked ladies ruined for him for a yeah. while. <laughs> uh, that was very well shot, though, by the way, to keep it, you know, PG-13. Or technically, yep. technically in PG-13, you could have shown her what they showed in The Shining. But, but the way they did it to keep it more kid-friendly with the – H block conveniently blocking out the the bit. Yeah. I mean, it was it was well. They got done. right up to yeah. like the business, and then they moved past it. Yeah, yeah. It, it had a lot of turns, you know, in that regard. Uh, yeah, that whole sequence is incredible. God, it, it was it was good. Get out of here, little girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And and the thing that actually resonated with me a little bit more than it probably was meant to is that the movie of the shining is nothing like the book of the shining Uh Mm -hmm. just like the movie of ready player one is not anything like the book of ready player one yeah but it worked it worked perfectly like i was so like you know as i i like paul said you know the elevator is going to be opening up soon and you know the blood's gonna start flowing. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was clever to to put uh, Holiday in the picture, just like Jack Nicholson was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Suzanne, he's gonna go to the room. He's gonna go to the room. Hey, 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 watch, <laughs> watch, watch this. Oh, pull that curtain back. So no, man. Hey, was- Nicky lady. And then afterwards, oh, we got no business in that room. We got no business in that room. Oh, it's so good. It was so good. Uh, uh, Brad, what's Mm -hmm. your favorite favorite moment we hadn't hit yet? Uh, That we haven't hit yet. Um, Oh God. Um, Always putting me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) 
you guys have you guys have actually hit a lot of my favorite you guys have actually hit my favorite moments um i actually thought the shining scene was a lot better than what the the second is is definitely a lot better than what the second one what the second clue was in the book but um um or, or as far as film goes actually how many of you guys with the elevator were were, were any of you guys were thinking to yourselves, please don't go to the elevator. Please don't go to the elevator. <laughs> oh, no, I, shining scene. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was inevitable because as soon yeah, as that tennis know, ball hit his happen. foot, yeah, and yeah. he's like, I don't watch scary yeah. movies. And like, oh, no, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to do yeah. this. We're doing oh, yeah. this right now. Yeah. Which, so, which, is, which is cool because, like, in the book, people don't admit that they don't know pop culture references. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. Like everyone has seen everything. Everybody has right. studied everything. So it was like interesting that they took that angle of like, oh no, I I I don't know my surroundings. I don't know what's going on. Right. So I, I thought that was very clever and, yeah, and I liked it. It it worked perfectly. I think it was now is show a blind character because it looked like he was, and he's like, Have you seen the movie? He's like, I gotta watch with my fingertips or something like that. So I was like, is he a blind character? No, he has to no. watch the like room. a little kid. Oh. Because well, he had like the eyes were the way the, the avatar yeah. is, the eyes were kind of widened out. I didn't quite get no. I didn't because we didn't know he's eleven at that time. Yeah. So I didn't get that. Now I can see it looking backwards. Like Charles McFall, you so stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and do the Easter egg that I saw because there's lots of great moments of oh, there's that, oh, there's that, there's but I knew if I tried to find Easter eggs, I'd miss the movie. Real quick, though, mm -hmm. there was one thing that I did not care for in this film, and I think now's a good time so okay, we can sure. still end on a positive note. All right, cool. Yes, I, ha I have some beefs as well. Let's do it. Well, so I told Phil, I was like, there was literally only one scene that I had a problem with. When Artie is running out of the, um, the I forget what the center is called. Or whatever the the, uh, the museum that the research center library whatever it was right no the uh, the IOI building oh yeah yeah okay the loyalty so, building loyalty building right when she runs out she unzips her jumpsuit yeah so that her female anatomy yeah. is accentuated as she runs out the door yeah and I was like in a movie that did everything else so great like. I I just felt like wall to wall it was really inclusive and great about not like being creepy or anything like that because you know I like I said I haven't read the book but my understanding is some of the chief criticism about the book is that it can kind of lean over into that kind of neck beardy in the basement dwelling really kind of creepy territory and it's in some ways people say the whole book is basically wish fulfillment for that kind of mentality and that one scene was just like, that is so not, you didn't need to do yeah. that. Yeah. Although I had, I had a very much an April O'Neil moment there. Because she's always running around that jumpsuit open exactly mm -hmm. the way that was. I didn't think that was an homage or anything, but I just thought, oh, yeah. there's the Ninja Turtle reference right there. But I had the same thought you actually had. Paul was like, that was unnecessary. Very gratuitous. I yeah. was just like, like, don't get me wrong. I I enjoy the female body. I'm not trying to like body shame her or anything like that, but it was like, it was so out of place in a film that is otherwise wall to wall, wholesome fun. Unnecessary you know I mean? is a good word too. Yeah. Unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Und well, that, yeah, that's yeah. so that was really my only beef. Phil, what do you got, man? I didn't know if you guys knew this, but Simon Pegg was in this movie. I had no <laughs> idea until I saw him on screen. I was like, Simon? And then I was like, oh, he gets like a five-minute cameo. No. Exactly. No. I mean, it's awesome. The character, the character that he plays, Ogden Morrow, is 
huge in the in the book and he helps the high five you know lead the revolt against ioi mm-hmm. and it was just like a waste of simon Pegg because he played it well you know he still you was know? the curator i mean he literally was the curator well, yes and as i'm watching the curator, the curator going, but- i know that somebody i know the curator somebody but I couldn't, until the end of reveal at the end i didn't Put that it was Simon Pegg as a curator. I know it's just you. You spend a couple dollars, you know, getting Simon Pegg in there. Ogden Moore was a big part of this storyline. You got to use Simon Pegg more, you know, mm-hmm. and and they didn't. Um, so I was I was a little upset about that. Um, uh, there was some name changes, like Shaito is the original kid's name, but they just changed it to Shio, which I I I personally don't get, and. Um, like I said before, like the changes that were made, I understand. Mm-hmm. But this this book takes place over years, right? right? So, like, yeah, the, the relationship between the five of them through the books is spotty. Like, there's a good chunk of it where um, Wade Parzival, you know, him and Artemis break up for a while. Him and him and H stop talking. The only way that he would get Shaito and Daito's respect back was to actually hand over the Gundam glove to him. And then they were they were back on talking points. So I, I, I just thought that the relationships between the high five was a little bit too chummy from from for my like, but I understand like two and a half hours. There's nothing you can do. I know, you know? I think you could have. I think you could have spaced it out. But to me, hearing from the book, <laughs> to me that plays in that eighties nostalgia of buddy film. These kids, these Iron Eagle, right? These kids sure. who don't know each other yeah. come together, and now all of a sudden, you know, actually, that's, that's like two I weeks think- in a row I've made an Iron Eagle reference, I think. Yeah. But- I would say, as somebody who hasn't read the book, I would say that that probably translates better in the page than it would on film. Yeah. I think it would take too much away from a very busy film to do it in the film. You know what I mean? Sure. Because um, I love that kind of character development. Like, if, if I like the idea. Now I'm because I'm I plan to read the book sometime soon, and I'm excited at the notion that I'm going first of all that all the the puzzles have been changed so that you know that'll be new and fresh for me, but also that relationships will be different and it won't be you know it'll be a different experience. But I just don't think that they had enough time, like you said, Phil, in a two and a half hour movie to yeah. really at least to and, not do it in a way that had any weight to it, any merit, you know. And a lot of people were upset with the ending being so so tightly tied together and clean and all that it's just like i don't personally have a problem with that because if you look at any 80s adventure films exactly or, or kid based and or that's where spielberg, spielberg film or spielberg that's, film in general that's well, exactly yes yeah. and that's that's where it was just like oh god all right mm-hmm. this is the spielberg i used to love as a child yeah everything everything ends great for everyone in spielberg films unless you're a lawyer in a dinosaur part uh, yeah. of course um, Which, by the way, like, that T Rex showing up in the race, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. glorious with the scream, with the exact yes, with the Jurassic scream, Park so. scream. Yes. Yeah, my biggest complaint about Ready Player One, the movie, there was not enough rush. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I want more I agree. rush. I, I loved agree. the Bee Gees, though. Yeah. Oh my god, when he broke out the Bee Gees, I like. Mm-hmm. I'm done. This is my movie. This is the movie of the year for me. Right there. You broke out the Bee Gees and started disco dancing. We're on, man. 
is great. Charles, did you did you just say this is the movie of the year in the same year that there's a Deadpool film? Well, I can't have seen Deadpool yet. So, oh, Deadpool though. Wade Hold is going to be very upset with you. Wait, there could be there could be a BG scene in Deadpool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, Deadpool, but you'll favorite. never you'll never hear his opinion about it since so Charles is sitting out for the Deadpool panel. Oh fuck you! I'm not sitting out, asshole. But uh, I mean, Brad, like, what about you? What 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 did you not? Um, was there any beefs that you had for this uh, adaptation? Um, not real beefs, but I can tell you what. I thought might would have been cool if they had done it. And this might be, this will definitely be book spoilery as far as, um, as far as puzzles and clues go. Nah, nah, um, nah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, Phil, just give me a double yeah, thumbs we'll, up. We'll you know? Yeah. Um, Planet Frobaz. Okay. I would have actually liked to seen that as a, um, as a um, um, Zork, um, someone who has played the Zork games. Sure. Just the the just the the fact of actually seeing Zork in actual real 3D, ah. and just to see the, the the boarded up house and the and the mailbox and and just actually see a visual of that that would have been cool. And then the planet uh, I cannot remember the name of the planet, but the one where I think it's where the arcade was where he played Pac Man, um, the one that was on the the whole um, um, uh, vector graphics planet. Yep. That would have been cool on screen. Just to see him rendered in 3D on a vector graphics planet would have been cool. I also thought yeah. it would have been cool to 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 go through the 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 D and D dungeon. Yes, and then right, you have that lich come up with his with his giant sword, mm -hmm. and then you know you have that gag where mm -hmm. oh, we're just gonna play some joust real quick if you don't mind. Yeah. I'm a, I know I'm a, I'm a yeah. lich, but I'm really into. To, to to playing joust so i i thought that would have been like a funny reveal and i wanted it to yeah. happen but I, I, we still I got your joust ostrich we did yeah we got that but yeah i wanted that to happen as well because that that's just that's just a funny a funny scene to me yeah it's a funny visual and as we know we're not spoiling anything from charles as we know he doesn't read um i so don't he'll never he read the book um, <laughs> <laughs> i actually i own the book i probably will never read i don't have time to read but yeah right you don't read so you're not spoiling um, anything about it no <laughs> But that just going through the just going through the D and D dungeon and and see and and the jousting against the lich that would have been cool as well. But yeah, there are certain things that I would have liked to have seen in the movie, but I understand why they didn't for pacing yeah. purposes. Are, so, we, are we good yeah. now? Okay. And a lot of people yeah. were like, "We should, we should, you know, they they should have made this into, um, you know, a ten part TV series." It's just like, well. Obviously, Ooh, you Netflix, don't know how. Now Netflix, it would have could have been fantastic. No, you, no, 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 they wouldn't have the budget uh -huh. to do exactly what they wanted to do, so? especially with the visual. Yeah. Alter carbon yes. style. Um, you don't think they would have had the. Yeah, there are certain movie licenses they would have had to get um, if they had done this shot for shot by the book. Um, and we already know they couldn't get some yeah. licenses. I mean, there were some um, even Spielberg who shot like I don't remember. I forget exactly what the license was, but Spielberg shot the film originally and they couldn't get it because somebody else owned the rights to it so even the Spielberg studio probably owned it yeah could, yeah. Yeah, yeah Spielberg couldn't get whatever it was into the film himself so interesting now yeah. we skipped over that whole death race scene i gotta tell you the visuals i mean I, it was a thrill ride i was like oh 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 king kong oh t-rex i mean it was amazing and then when he threw it in reverse that was even better driving can I point out something underneath. can i point out something on that though sure i'm, I'm sitting here thinking 
you're in the back to Fu- back to the future DeLorean. Yes. That thing could fly. Mm-hmm. Not in Rocket League. Well, well, yeah, I'm just okay, saying. Okay, okay. okay. Um, Maybe not for you, you scrub. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand why he went backwards. <laughs> I, I, I get that because that was the puzzle, obviously. But why not fly? Why not at least try that? But anyway, that that that's what I was thinking while watching it. But the, the movie took a different direction. I don't remember. Did he have the Mach One or the Mach Two? I don't remember. I, see, I didn't pay that close attention to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I was in with the visuals. I was trying to pick out all the visuals while watching. Yeah, it. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying. Oh, what's next in the race? What's next? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just. And yeah. again, with that Dolby, you're in yeah. the car. It's what it feels like. You didn't have to think, but you you hear the explosion of here and this. I mean, you're like, oh, it's chaos. It's true uh-huh. chaos. It was great. And then that whole go backwards was yeah. was amazing. I, to me, the visuals are amazing because you see the the digitized version. Then it comes up becomes the real version above him and. All that stuff, and that was yeah. It's like you know, glitching out of your game and getting to see you know the mechanics of how everything works. Mm -hmm. From pictures, it looks like it's a Mach One from from Back to the Future One. So that 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 explains that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, as but even the paneling on the DeLorean was was set to, you know, the 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 date that they had in the original movie. So it's the little details like that that made my heart flutter. Yeah, it, it was it was great. Um, I loved I did love the one on one scenes like when you saw inside the the war room and you see the the reds go out and then like when Mecha Godzilla falls and it's the shape of him going red in the room. That was great. Uh, and we were talking about classes. You came back that you did get the joust plug in or not the uh, cameo. No spoilers. No, he saw it. He saw you saw the ostrich come up. You got that. Uh, my favorite Easter egg was the, uh, I can say it right, another movie, um, The Glaive. The Glaive from Crawl. The second that show was, I almost screamed, I caught myself, I almost screamed in the theater, The Glaive! I was like, oh, because oh. nobody, nobody I know has seen that movie. I fucking love right here. Crawl. Right oh, here. Brad, you're the man. Phil, you've seen yeah, it. Oh I've my god, it. I, I own it and I've yeah. seen it. Oh, I own it. I, I see. I yeah. love that movie. To me, it holds up through time. I think I mean, I've seen it. I just don't remember. The, okay, the idea of the of, of crawl is that the castle's only in one place for twenty four hours. Oh, and right, you right. Have to get to and and the glaive was that 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 weapon that I I saw that as a kid and went mm-hmm. out and tied taped sticks to my frisbee and started throwing <laughs> it around to try to kill things. <laughs> you know, and show just goes oh. That that was my favorite Easter egg. Do you guys Charles, have Easter eggs? Charles, you were the you were the one that introduced me to Kroll, by the way. Was I? Yes, you were. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> okay, so I, I I screwed up the the Kroll reference uh-huh. because I thought it was the glaive for the predator. Yeah, because yeah, they're similar. They're yeah, very similar. He has a similar weapon, yeah. and I always confuse Kroll with the second Conan movie. It, because when I watched them as a kid, that I watched sense. them. Yeah. Like, like they, they blended together because they had similar themes. But yeah, Kroll is great. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I recently picked up a Kroll, Flash Gordon, and The Last Starfighter three-piece oh, DVD set, man. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is... I don't... What? How much? It's four bucks? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take I'll take all of them. Give me like all of them. Like four bucks a piece? No, no, no! It's a triple pack. Wow. So it was just four bucks for the, the the three of them. Wow! That that I don't know if 
to be, I mean, of course, excited because you found that deal, but or, but also be offended. Like, you put those movies together, do you think it's only worth four bucks? What the fuck, man? Not hey, you, man. but the company that sold it. No, no, no. Uh, you know, it's whoever owns the rights to those shitty sci-fi movies from our past. They kind of are, but they're not. I mean, so my buddy Douglas, uh, I don't think you Brad might have met him, but I don't think anybody's really met him. Uh, he had never seen it. So as adults, about five years ago, I introduced him to it. And that's how I'm like, it held up. And for the first time watching it in this modern age of sci-fi, he's like, no, that's pretty damn good. I, I enjoyed it. You know, It's a fun so, movie. It is. Uh, any Easter eggs you guys want to talk about that you, you saw? Like that. That was my favorite. When I caught that, it was yes. I know I'm talking about this on the show. That was my moment. What are you pointing to? I was saying, Paul, do you have any? Uh, what? No. You, no. All right. I have hundreds. <laughs> Give us like five. <laughs> I have hundreds. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the opening scene when he first comes into the Oasis and H is in his slash hers battle dome arena. And then over the hilltop, Jimmy Rayner comes out blazing from, from Starcraft Mm -hmm. and he's in his heroes of the storm, red, white, and blue skin. And I just, I pooped (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of poop came out. I said, Oh God. Uh, um, there was that um, Mad Ball bomb. Yes, yes. Mad Ball bomb, right? That was fucking. Oh, that 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 made me laugh hard. Um, when the Iron Giant finally goes down into the lava, oh, yes, it, it slowly yes, yeah. raises yes. the thumbs up. I like laughed so hard at that. Oh my god! And then I cried a little because I remember yeah. how sad T two was uh-huh. and how sad it oh, was man. to lose H that way. It was great, like just like I think that was where I just completed. Like I, I'm, oh man, it was it was fabulous. But a little bit time before that, if you you know, as as the call and the battle was starting to begin, and you know he's making his rally speech and everybody starts running in, if you look very closely, my boys Zitz, Pimple, and Rash, the three battle toads. What? They were there in the front line. Oh no, I missed them. Yes, and I'm such a huge Battletoads fan, and just like my eyes just focused right there for that split second, so I got to see the fucking Battletoads, and I was just like, "God, fuck this movie! Fuck you, Spielberg! Fuck this movie! (laughs) I'm done." And you said you saw you might have saw the Ninja Turtles somewhere. I, I I'm almost positive that I did. I, I I you know like like we've all been saying there were so many goddamn things left and right, and it was it was a lot to take in. I saw um, that that new girl character on one of the new games. Over over not Overwatch. Overwatch. Tracer. Yeah, Tracer, yeah, Tracer was. Tracer. Right. Oh, Tra- I, I don't Tracer. play that game. I'm like, oh, there's a little egg for the new gamers. Got that Halo, of course. We got that. Brad, what Easter eggs did you catch? Um, well, the, a lot of the same ones that that were previously mentioned. Um, the, there was that. Was that? I'm assuming that was supposed to be a reference to. Um, um, well, what's the name of that movie? Um, Say anything when he holds the boombox. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, well, honestly, a lot of the ones that have already been mentioned. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's my problem right now is yeah. like, I, I'm going to, yeah, there's so much stuff in that movie. It's such a dense movie it's, as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. 
it's hard it's it, this is a movie that i i think this movie is going to crush on blu-ray sales yes it is people are going to want to go through frame by frame and be like oh my god look at that mm-hmm. oh my god look at that oh that is so cool and extra features are going to be great too i, I it's going to be a must cop yeah. like when it comes I, out i'm going to purchase this on blu-ray and, and open never it. open it and <laughs> open it i i can't wait can and you, um can i get your digital copy code no <laughs> I give those to my father-in-law. So fair enough. Um, you, I'll, I'm going to say a little bit more because I, I, I do Go have two it. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the holy hand grenade. Come on, yes, yes. Come on. yes. That's, right. that's right. I forgot. Yes. Yes. And, and, yes. and to me, to me, well, not only was that a Monty Python for those who watched the film, that was a Worms reference right there. The holy fucking hand grenade and Worms just devastated. And you're game. not wrong. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, and, and then that was, I'm glad that was in there as a Monty Python reference. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, for the car race, if you look close enough, Mad Max's car is in that, that lineup. <laughs> and so is obviously speed racers, but there's, uh-huh. there's, there's, there's Ryu walking down the racing line to, oh, nice. to get into his car and all this. Um, you had that fucking alien scene when when artemis yeah. <laughs> right. oh that was funny <laughs> that was so you, yeah uh, uh um uh shit you just said something that was another it was a reference letter right oh when he's doing the battle this is my world Harukin. Yeah. Yeah. oh man yeah it was God. fun so this good. is what it was. It was such a pop. It was such a um, a reference overload. Um, and you you guys are mentioning these things now, and I'm remembering them now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, even the the one of the obvious one was um, um, Kanata's bike from um, from Akira. Yeah. Um, which she rode. Um, yeah. And uh, um, but yeah, it's it's Kanata. Sorry. Obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> I only had two slight issues with the it, towards the end. Uh, and both have to do with, with zeroing out when the guy's playing adventure and she sees him and, there's, and he's not guarded. I don't understand why she didn't kill him. Why instead she left digitally left the castle to go out to the battlefield to find Praetorian. You know, I don't, I was like, okay. And I know it's like, so they can come back and realize you don't win the game. You have to go to the seat, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, then you should have had it where maybe somebody was there and she couldn't have gotten to him. Because to me, I'm like, bitch, you're standing right there. Pop one in the skull and be done with it. You know, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but then the other the only other thing was when they, they had uh, the bad guy still in the, the, I almost call it the framework, stupid Marvel, uh, but in, in the Oasis. And he didn't realize it. But then when he started to realize it, I know killing him won't stop him, but it would have zeroed him out, and then you wouldn't have had the the guy, Mecha Godzilla and the bomb. I don't know. I, I was like, I can look past it, but I was like, shoot him. He's figuring yeah. out to shoot him. Yeah. Just zero his ass for a second. Well, you have to remember, he is the boss man 69. So, I mean, what can you do against <laughs> boss man 69? <laughs> it was, it was, that was great. I loved He had the, the, the stupid password there. It's the corporate perfect, right, Klotz? Yes, corporate it is. Perfect. That is so corporate yeah. perfect. I, I laughed when, when they were spelling out his password and you pick up on it right away what it is without uh, him actually saying it. I laughed out loud. Oh, I, was, I yeah, saw it. That, yeah, yeah, exactly that's, was. that's definitely the, um, the um yeah well yeah but i mean that's definitely the um the corporate password um. <laughs> yeah 
uh, it it was it was it was great. I think unless we got anything else to throw out, um, uh, not enough ratings. labyrinth references. We, we <laughs> couldn't use get, more I, labyrinth. I, I, there was none. Oh, okay, I thank mean, you. I was we, like, we I had the dark. We had the dark crystal with uh, the name of uh, James Holiday's, who was then Ogden Morrow's wife's yeah. online name, yeah. Kira. Yeah, yeah. But, but I would have loved to see uh, just some sort of, you know, either Hoggle. Hoggle would have been fun. Oh, yeah. Rock. Uh... Or, even, or even just see, you know, Jareth walking through. You know yeah. the terminal doing his uh, his hand tricks, or or you know even even Pretoria after he became famous, he's walking through the club. You say, "Hey, you remind me of the babe." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Any of that would have. I mean, honestly, we could probably sit here for another thirty minutes, if not more, to think of references we would have loved to see in the mm-hmm. film. Oh, I do have one last question for you guys. Okay, so they got to be these avatars. They got to you. Know, you had the Gundam. You had the the. The, the different skins, right? Who mm-hmm. would you be in the game? Like your character, you know, what skin? How would you look? What would your character be in the game? Or in Oasis, rather, not the game. Sorry, Oasis is not a game; it's a, it's a world. But in in the Oasis, hmm. Y'all I'd think- be Statler from the Muppet Show. Nice. Oh, that would be so good. Hands down. Ro- <laughs> yeah, see, just pwning noobs like. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta have, and you would be perfect. You have the witty quip every time you kill him. Yep. yep. I haven't had a I, shot like that since I was in the bar in 1942. <laughs> I would probably absolutely be a predator. Oh yeah. yeah. Kind of like Dennis is. No, that's a different kind of predator. Uh, yeah, no, like a, you know, classic, uh, dreadlocks and everything. Just nice. That, such a yeah. big fan. Yeah. I, I would be, uh, and as far as I know, there is no name for this guy. I'd be doom guy. I'd be the Praetorian suit. Just, I mean, that's my <laughs> Mr. Doom, except I'd be the classic one with no helmet. Right. He, he didn't wear the helmet in the original doom that, that, uh, I played. Oh, if Charles could just keep talking about doom, doom some- man. Doom, doom, doom. You know, doom. when we do uh, from the hell here, we're gonna open up as doom. That's gonna be no. no. Uh, but that, that's it. That, that or uh, uh, Isaac from Dead Space. I just love Dead Space. I love Isaac. That he, he's a non-hero, not an anti-hero. He's a non-hero. He's a fucking engineer that just survives, and I love that. So I'd probably skin up as Isaac in the in the Oasis. Brad, well, you stole mine with Doom Guy. <laughs> <laughs> whatever his name is yeah um but no that but that that type of character would would absolutely be what what i would be just based on um especially the uh uh, the uh, me choosing the the types of characters i choose in mmos and things like that that type of character just going in guns a blazing that sort of thing that's 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 absolutely me nice as far as the video game world yeah my secondary skin would be marvin the paranoid android (sighs) Uh, but from the movie, not the television show, <laughs> you know, the rounder, sadder yep. one. That was me. And and uh, one more, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide on the the, yep. the agologist table at the end. I'm done. I'm done <laughs> it is it is ratings time. Uh, so to me, it was it was 
Seven out of ten, I hated it. <laughs> you have to let that go, bitch. No, I don't. I don't have to let anything go. No, I'm. I will. I'll bear that cross forever. He's moved on to bigger, better movies. You know, you you were dumped at the altar. I'm sorry. You just have to, to live with it. Uh, I guess I'll start since I started with the quip. Uh, I give it a solid. Uh, okay, I I will give it a nine. As far as feel good, fun movie. As a film itself, like if you if I were to compare it to you know, like all films in general and like compare it to like culturally significant ones, Oscar winners, that kind of stuff. It's probably only an eight, maybe a 7.5, but that's not a bad for, drop. If you're comparing it to all but, movies of all time, Well, no, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's solid. It's yeah. Spielberg. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Spielberg doing what he did well 20 plus years ago. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, probably, right. probably a solid eight. Actually, now that I nice market eight, like, dude. A, a movie that I will never be upset if somebody throws on. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll I'll sit down and watch it. I'll enjoy it. Uh, there there will always be something new to find or dig about it. Yeah, nice. Phil, it's an eight with a possibility of moving up to a nine. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, I want to see those <clears throat> Blu-ray extras on, on mm-hmm. the making and, and how this actually came together. Um, I would even like to see maybe some of the licensing they tried to go after and they, they just couldn't. They couldn't close the deal. Um, it's it's great. I mean, this is a wonderful popcorn film. This is the best almost Spielberg movie um, that he's <laughs> done in a while. Um, it it kind of feels good to have to eat my words, because yeah. I went in fucking ready to shit all over this movie, and I had such a wonderful time with it. And we'll see where Ready Player Two gets. <laughs> yeah, the, the walking out of the theater, um, and my son's hyped. Right, it's a great sound experience, everything. He loved it. We're talking about what we liked, and and two things he said. Uh, the first thing he says, like, oh, man, I want to see another one. And I'm like, yeah, but how? I mean, the whole – because I, I can look back on the films of my childhood that this obviously reminded me of. And, like, no, those were one story. It's just a story. You can't have Last Starfighter Part Two. you know. Uh, the Return of the Navigator yeah. doesn't work. You know? uh, how do he you is do, writing it. How do you do, what, Last Starfighter Part Two? No, he's okay, – right. well, no, that's called Ready, Ready Player Two. Basically, we're calling it Ready yeah. Player Two, but – uh, yes, he, yeah, that's my question. Writing a sequel to it. How do you do that? And I hope, I, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd absolutely love to see it. But I'm sitting here going, this was an encompassing, it was overturn the man, fight for what we love, hurrah, everybody's behind us film. How do you do a sequel to that? Well, that's what me and Suzanne were talking about. So, um, you already went over your corporate takeover. What other things can you do in this universe to make a sequel to generations later where they're too old to run it and they're passing it on to the next generation but that's just retelling the story that yeah, no, I, I feel like what they Maybe. the story to tell is now now that they are in control the struggles of being somebody in power in control the the, uh, the view the of the mods in the chat room 
yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, be, becoming the god. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And how how do you lead your people and make decisions that affect everything and make mistakes and, and yeah. And obviously, like, it'll present an opportunity for there to be someone against them, like, either someone who just doesn't like them or whatever and tries to cause problems or, you know, maybe tries to turn things against them politically. There's lots of, lots of angles. Par- Parzival turns into Thanos <laughs> and rules the Oasis with a glove made of golden fist. Yeah. I caught that quarter instantly, by the way, when he's like, nope, a bet's a bet. And it's like, no, that's something. That's a, I thought it was a clue. It obviously, ended up being an extra life, but uh-huh. which was a great reference to quarter machines. But uh, Brad, uh, your rating. Um, 8.5. Um, basically, right. Um, it it was. It was a fun. It was Spielberg doing Spielberg. Not it was it was the same feeling I got when I did, you know, uh, going into you know, go. I hate to go back to Jurassic Park, but going back to Jurassic Park, um, same feeling when I got when I watched that. It, it, it's same feeling I got when yeah. I watched the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Spielberg doing Spielberg, and it was it was fun to watch. Um, as far as comparing it to the greatest movies of all time, it's not The Godfather, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's better than Godfather Part Three. <laughs> Wait, there's no Part Three. There is. Oh. Godfather Part Three does not exist, just like the second Jurassic Park movie doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> but I no, like Lost World. But I feel that. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I I loved Wreck It Ralph for the looking at oh look at that look at that look at that. Oh, so this oh, was much oh. better. I mean right right Wreck It Ralph. I'm looking for Wreck It Ralph too. I can't wait. I'm looking wait. forward to that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but the whole thing. I mean. Wreck-It Ralph was a great film, but it, was, it had that, oh, look over there. And I mean, I paused at the big train junction scene, like, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that, that. This was that for me, times yeah. 10. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. it had that, goon, like you said, that, that 80s adventure film feel to mm-hmm. it with, uh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a 10. As, a, as the filthy casual, it hit everything I expected it to hit and, and more. I loved it. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to rate it. Just Charles gives it a tan, a fucking tan. <laughs> <laughs> Oasis, fuck yeah. <laughs> so that's <it>. All right. <laughs> Phil, where can we find you on the interwebs? Oh, if you want incoherent tweets at 2 a.m. about why Joy Division is the best band of all time, then you can follow me on Twitter at Imaginary Nomad. Brad, man, where can we find you? Well, I, um, I'm on Twitter, Blind Monkey on Twitter, and as we're staying consistent with the name, I'm Brad the Blind on, on Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Brad the Blind. <laughs> Paul, where can we find you on the Oasis? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SoapboxGSTU, which I might respond to you because I've actually used it a little bit lately. You uh, have. You liked one of my tweets. I Thanks. did like one of your Thanks, tweets because it was sassy and I liked it. But yeah, uh, you can also catch me if you are a Marvel Strike Force player. Uh, you can catch me hanging out over in the FTH Beyond Discord with all the Strike Force players, which has been great. By the way, uh, Charles and I are going to record a little something special later. But um, basically, uh, we've had uh, we have two full clans. Yeah, two full alliances in that chat. So that's been pretty wild. Um, did not think that we would fill, you know, two 24 person 
alliances so quickly. And we did it within half a day, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. if there's anybody that can build a clan, it would be oh. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Every shot. That's a nice mountain oh, hood you wow. got there, Charles. That, that, was, that was a grand slam. That was bases loaded, and you just took it home, Phil. You worked that one in. God damn it. You worked that. I, I can't even be mad at that one. That was fantastic. Some of those that burn crosses are the same that run podcast networks. <laughs> uh, you can find me at charlesmcfall.com. Rock out of podcasting all across the social media stuff. Uh, Pokemon Go podcast. And as Clot said, we're about to kick off some, some Strikeforce stuff. And I have been twi- uh, twitching. I've been twitching over at twitch.tv forward slash Beyond, All one word. Where you can catch that Marvel Strikeforce stream. And we're going to be picking up a lot more media going on there now that the game is worldwide. You'll be, you'll be seeing a couple of different faces on that yeah. channel as well. Uh, we've got Kurt spinning there as well. If it's talking about kicking something up. Yep. I'll, I'll probably pop in there at some point too. So, yeah. Kurt's go. the man. I was yeah. talking to Kurt a little bit last night. He's he's a funny dude. He, he's good. He's good. We're going to see. Hopefully, he'll, he'll do more stuff with us. But right now, he's definitely going to be. He's going to get us to the money because he's a guy that loves to stream and he can do it consistently enough that we'll hit those markers for Twitch and get there. But that's neither here nor there. If you want to hear more about that specifically, check out. Just search FTH Beyond and you'll find it on Twitch for now. And then uh, hopefully, we'll have this podcast rolling and you can get that. We've already been called out for it, Paul. There's been people asking if we're going to be kicking that up so that's it for now tune in next week we're going to be doing some more awesome shenanigans thank you brad for coming around you know get over to pizza Thanks, brad. years ago uh, and uh, it was fun i enjoyed it i'd <laughs> uh, love to have you back again sometime we'll be back again next week with more shenanigans and extra lives breaking the panel is the flagship podcast on the giant size team up network You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.